Where's Brian? Where's Setting up his it? new computer. Huh. Uh, and we're live. I see it on YouTube. What's up, James? Ryan, hey, will you text? You? Good. Ryan, will you text? Um, uh, what's that guy's name? Brian. Brian Friend. At Brian Friend CrossFit. And um, ask him to come on the podcast. Yes. Oh, how nice of him to there join us. There he is. How nice to of him to join day. us. Were you nervous? No. What are you taking, Savan? Echinacea? Um, it's this stuff. <sighs> oh, damn. Was that like, like, uh, does that help, like, yes, turgidity? I don't know what that word means, but. I don't know if turgidity is a word. I think turgid is. Oh, no, um, is. Basically, it, Jeff Evans started a company that sells this, and I, I got a bottle, and then I got addicted to it. It has cayenne pepper in it. Oh, I love that. And you put it under your tongue and swish it around, and <clears throat> I'm just... I take this podcast crazy serious, you guys. You know how serious I take it? I get... Uh, all wound up in crazy anxiety before I come on. I almost always try to ride the assault bike for 10 minutes, 120 calories before I come on to clear my brain. I always brew a fresh cup of coffee. I've always done my research. I've always thought about what I want to say, what I don't want to say. And then on top of that, when I get on here, I try to just to be as free as possible. And I try to elicit the most real conversation I can with my guests while still keeping the conversation moving. I don't have a problem with space and silence. I actually love a lot of space and silence. And I'm actually really, really, really happiest when I'm alone. That being said, I've become addicted to not only the podcast interacting with you guys, but um, to Brian Friend and James Hobart. It sucked that he went to the master's competition. It was good that he took second place, but we did miss him. Um, but this podcast probably isn't for... Everyone, and I want to address a couple of things here. Um, someone said in one of the comments the other day, um, you, "Oh, you you've hitched your cart to the athletes have on it, and and you're like using other people's success to build your success." And I was like, "Yeah, well said, perfectly well said." And then today, last night at around eleven o'clock, I um, went on and I started watching all the YouTube content out there of all the other content creators, all the big names, all the biggest accounts in the CrossFit world that went to the CrossFit Games. And they are not hitching their um, carts up to the athletes. They've hitched their carts up to themselves. These videos are videos of them hugging um, people that they haven't seen in a long time, taking pictures with the fans. And it's everything except CrossFit content. Is that okay? Sure, it's fine. Is it real? No. Does it scratch the surface on anything? No. Are there in-depth interviews with the athletes? No. Is there anything that makes me feel like, hey, I've gone deeper into myself and know myself better after watching it? No. They're jack-off sessions. Do I have a problem with jacking off? No, I think it's great. It's a great activity. I mean, it shouldn't you shouldn't obsess on it. Um, but uh, So, yes, yeah, so there are two kinds of content out here. There's the people who are jacking off on themselves and stroking themselves, and it's all about their star power and what they did at the games, and that was all I could find. And then there's me who's just using the athletes and using Hobart and using Ryan Jevening and using um, – uh, Matt Susan using Brian friend and, and using everyone to get ahead. So you, those are your choices. The guys who jack off on themselves or someone like me who hitches my cart to other people to make myself famous. Sorry. I wish I could say that there was other choices, but there's not. So 
That was me jacking off on myself. <clears throat> now, uh, I want to switch over to the comments real quick. Brian, what's up, dude? Oh, can I say a couple things? Sure. <laughs> I, uh, so last night I went to a Dave Matthews concert. Oh, here's cool. Here's my 42nd Dave Matthews concert. I put a, and I played one of my favorite songs as the opener. It's called One Sweet World. It's a good speaking opener. Of, speaking of jacking off on yourself, anyone who's been to the <clears> same <throat> concert 42 times, Jesus. So I, I just put this little, little baby. Yeah, there we go. So I just put this little little 12 second clip up on a story, and I was amazed or fascinated or something with the number of uh, CrossFitters who like Dave Matthews' band, including Matt O'Keefe, who actually saw him play at a little bar in Charlotte's, Charlottesville, Virginia in the early 90s when they were before anyone knew who they were, which is not surprising if you know Matt O'Keefe. He seems to always have little stories like that. Um, but it was, it was actually pretty cool to just to get that response. So if there's any of you guys out there, that's cool. And I'd like to say something about Matt O'Keefe. I'm reading this book, Bounce, and it says that if you're not failing, you're not getting better. And I totally, totally agree with it, that you need to be getting pushed way, 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 way outside your boundaries. You need to be struggling no matter how good you are at something. And I'm concerned for our dear friend of the podcast, Matt O'Keefe, because this fucking guy only knows how to deal with winners. All the athletes he deals with are winners, winners, winners. And so I think Matt O'Keefe should reach out to Colton Mertens, who didn't do as well as um, uh, Justin Medeiros, and he should learn to work with Colton Mertens because he's going to get fucking soft bouncing back and forth between Matt Fraser and um, um, Justin Medeiros. They're slam dunks for him. And if he's going to be a world-class agent, he needs to work with people. Uh, let me tell you, Colton Mertens is a good piece of clay. There's a lot to work with. But I challenge you, Matt O'Keefe, to work with someone besides these, these greats because they're making you soft, O'Keefe. Disappointed. I'm really disappointed Hobart didn't flinch at all. I thought that was pretty good. Thank you, Hobart, for her last-minute flinch. I had to beg for it. Um, Hobart, Hobart looks like he's about ready to captain a, a plane today. Yeah, these, these headphones are so big, and I already have a giant, stupid head. So You have a beautiful That's face. Don't ever say that about your head. You might have a giant stupid head, but there's a beautiful face on there with impeccable skin. Which brings me to my next thing before we get to what you guys are all here for is to hear Brian talk about the CrossFit Games. I want to tell you guys about um, like something that someone said, uh, these four comments someone made in a row. First of all, if you make four comments in a row, I get it. You hate me. You're watching the podcast because you hate yourself and you're using it to irritate yourself. You're like the guy who like, like – scratches yourself until you bleed i get it i i have some i've i've done that to myself before but i'm gonna this guy's name is aaron j met and these are his four comments in the in a row andrea nisler too good for Sevon podcast okay I, I i i have no argument there none zero I don't know if anyone – I think every, I'm so thankful that everyone comes on the podcast. I'm and, and Brian and I are actually in shock every time we talk on the phone that people come on. It's kind of uh, – maybe shocked isn't that word. Very excited. Like I was titillated when I bugged James today and he said he would come on. Um, I, the only person I take for granted is uh, uh, Brian. I, I don't like – I take him for granted. Um, I don't take Ryan or Matt for granted. Sevon, then, then this person posted, Sevon hates on the United States too much. It's out of control. And that's a very revealing of yourself because I don't hate on the United States. And that means you have your radar all fucked up. That means you have your radar 
all fucked up. I'm actually, I actually care about this country more than you could ever imagine because I have three little boys that are going to grow up here and it's been an amazing place where I've been rewarded for insanely hard work. So you should check your radar. That means you're one of those people and there's a lot of them out there who hears something and then spins it around in their head. Even Brian, then this third comment, even Brian is uncomfortable with Sevon's constant politics he injects into these conversations. And then someone replied, I'm fucking uncomfortable too. And I don't know if Brian's uncomfortable or not uncomfortable, but I'm uncomfortable too, guys. So we agree there. <laughs> and then we get to the final comment. Sevon talking about girls' looks, and then it's like some sort of emoji, like a, a sad face. I will talk – if you don't like someone talking about girls' looks or boys' looks or penises or vaginas or if you're disgusted by the human anatomy or if you're not into booty shorts or if you don't think working out is cool or if you don't think nutrition is cool, if you don't think anything that makes human bodies better and perform better and live longer and be able to wipe their ass longer into their twilight, then this podcast is not for you. I have no problem saying that Ghee is hot as shit and that Reagan Huckabee's a fucking 10. I, although I don't like to use numbers. Sorry, I retract the 10. Like, this podcast is not for you then. We talk about people who work on their bodies 24 hours a day. Their sleep, their nutrition, their movement, their mindset is everything so their bodies perform. If you don't want me talking about people's bodies and the shapeliness of it, my wife was ecstatic when she started CrossFit and her ass started getting bigger. If that offends you, this podcast is not for you. Don't listen to us. I love all of these people's bodies. Brian, how did you do in your picks, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, as usual, better on the women's side than the men's side. Uh, say that again. As usual, better on the on the women's side. Yep, that's pretty much always the case. Well, you kind of had a slam dunk with Tia, right? <clears throat> Not count. Yeah. Oh, yes, but even excluding her. Uh, okay. I, I, um, the, the list I'm seeing, how, I don't know how to use spreadsheets. How, what, um, I only see the men. There's a tab on the bottom that says women. Oh yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I see it. <laughs> don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. You that was for that. I just wanted text to me that you could have texted me that on the side. I wanted to put that comment in there for that guy who was giving you so much love earlier. Uh, which guy, you know, the YouTube guy. comments. Yeah. Paul Luis, hey Rod, $44, $45 of my favorite kind of money, the silver shit from the UK. Thanks for the amazing content these last few weeks and months. This should be used once Brian asked Danielle Brandon on a date. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. He don't got the balls. He don't got the balls. Did you guys see that uh, road trip she's doing? Where do you think she's coming? Chicago? Oh, damn. <laughs> I, she's driving back to Vegas, isn't she? Because she probably doesn't want to get on a plane and wear a mask again. Well, there's there's different routes to get there. Hobart, do you think you could beat Kyle Casper Bauer in an arm wrestling match? Yes. Well, you heard that it here. Confident. Would you guys rather watch um, um, – them arm wrestle, or would you rather watch them get in the boxing ring like uh, Josh and Josh and Mr. Hepner? Dude, do you know Jacob Hepner, Hobart? Yeah, well, not terribly well, but yeah, like if we saw each other, we're like, hey, Jacob, hey, James. He sucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't like him, and then he came on my podcast and just fucking charmed the shit out of me. Yeah, that's devastating. Devastated. <laughs> devastated. He's a really smart guy, which is, I always like, 
I think he's like math smart. And I always like learning those things about people. Yeah, he's a clear thinker. He's yeah. a clear thinker for sure. Um, do you want to start with the women or the um the dudes? Doesn't matter. Okay, let's go with the women since you did better there. And then we'll end the show with you on a bad note. And then you can go play Frisbee golf or Conan board game or whatever you play. The Village of Conan. <laughs> okay, I love it. You play, you play board, board games? Oh, go get them, Hobart. Get them. I do. Are you a settlers of Catan guy? Well, that's what he was referencing, <laughs> but he called it he called it Conan. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I hate it that you know that game. How do you know that game, Hobart? Because I'm just oh, I'm I'm situationally aware. Actually, we were we somehow it came up with Andrea Nistler, and she mentioned that uh, her and her fiance like to play board games, but they don't play that one because it's only a three player or four player game. And I mentioned to her casually that there's actually I actually created a version of a two player game for it. And then a bunch of people on Instagram DM'd me asking for the explanation for that game, for the two-person version. That was great. <laughs> yeah, get him. <laughs> I was trying not to say anything. I was trying so hard not to say anything. Hey, Ryan, what's that thing that says Jason Miller, 10% bonus followers if you – what is that? like? You see that? And I can't – What's weird is I essentially he's just saying that if you grow man bun Savan that you'll get ten more ten percent more followers on everything. Oh, and someone pin that to the top of the comments. Thanks. <laughs> Asshole. Uh okay, I'll grow a man bun. I'll do it. Elisa Papa, ten dollars. You guys stop giving us money. We can't get the show done. And, and, it, and it makes me always want to kind of cry a little bit. Brian would beat the shit out of me. Are you kidding me? Why do you guys? I am 49. I'm the least fit. Brian's like a good CrossFitter. I'm like, I do muscle ups and ride the fucking assault bike and takes and take a uh, Sarah flow. You think he would beat you up? <laughs> Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. I don't know about that. Easily, easily, easily. James I'm like a cat. I'm like a cat. I'm like a cat though, James. He'd probably lose an eye or something. Like it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. But but in the end, yeah, I would. You'd pull would, out a lot of hair or something. To- oh, crazy shit like that. Bite yeah. off a finger. I'm um, no shit. <laughs> that's so good. He's like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. That's how he fights. Yeah. Oh, that's a what a great reference. I like to think of myself as more like the Tasmanian Devil, but I but I I, I see your. Okay, so enough of this nonsense. We're too far into the show now. Now we're now we're doing exactly what I was complaining about. Those people were doing the other the other guys, not complaining. Observe. Uh, you're answering questions from the people. Um. So you had. Do, do you want to start at the bottom or do you want to start at the top? Uh top. Okay, Tia Toomey. Not not much to say. She was as as advertised. Maybe okay. maybe her most dominant performance. Yet, I mean, it's it's difficult to assess that because of the different seasons that we've had, the different structures to the games, and the fact that, and this is something that we like, we have to address when we're talking about the women's field is it's 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 arguable and maybe even not that arguable that six of the ten to fifteen fittest women in the world didn't do this competition. Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Jamie Simmons, Cara Saunders, Carrie Pierce, Brooke Wells, and Bethany Shadburn all either were unable to start the season, unable to start the games, or unable to finish the games. And I would say that if you extend that number to 15, it's like it's pretty difficult to, to, for you to tell me that 
those six women are not amongst the 15 fittest on earth. And the only reason why that matters, like, hey, a sport is a sport is a sport. It can happen to everyone. It doesn't degrade anyone's place. The only reason why Brian's bringing this up, I think, is for justification if, if any of his spots were off. In either he direction. He couldn't foresee, right? No, in, in either direction. So, you know, we'll get to some examples of that both ways. Like if Tia's pregnancy test would have come back that she was pregnant two days before the games and she couldn't compete, um, <laughs> that wouldn't be your fault that she didn't take first place. Of course not, and neither would it be anyone who who predicted her uh, anywhere on the leaderboard, really. Laura Horvath, number two. Yeah, so obviously I picked her second, and uh, you know I got a a lot of messages saying that that was a ba- a bad pick and that she's overhyped. That one year was a fluke and whatever. And I should just start off the bat here by saying, pretty much every person on the list, women and men, someone out there messaged me and said. You messed that one up. You know, she's going to do way better than you thought, or he's going to do way worse than you think, or whatever. And um, obviously, some of those people will be right, and majority of them are, were wrong. But you know, if you hit your hort, if your cart to one person in the field and say, "Hey, man, love your picks, but this one, you're way off the money," so, like, and someone saying that about every single pick, there's going to be some that are right. Um, which we'll, and we can talk about that and why I think some of the athletes, I, I did misgauge the potential for some of the athletes so uh, dramatically. In the case of Laura, um, she looks very dominant. I mean, she loses to Tia by 250 points or something, but then she's a, uh, what, 100 and, I don't know, she's 80 points, like 80 points clear of Annie. Um, like, it's a pretty significant margin. Uh, I was expecting that, you know, that margin, I was, I was not expecting Tia's margin of victory to be so big. I think I'd said like 100 to 120 points. But again, a lot of the women who could have snuck up and, and take, like she took a couple fifth, fourth, third seconds. And maybe those are six, seven, eight, ninths if the full field of women, you know, Carrie Pierce's, Bethany Shepard, Cara Saunders were, were healthy and able to compete. Um, anyway, Laura did great relative to the field. But we, uh, Tommy Marquez and Patrick Clark and I put up a, an article on the morning chalk up today. And James, I'm pretty interested to hear what you think about this um and we were just doing takeaways from the games kind of big picture stuff and one of the things that i had written about was that um, despite a depleted women's field the competition was very compelling and sets up for an even brighter future and i just as a as a bullet point in there mentioned that laura horvath reasserts herself as a force to be reckoned with and dominated the field other than Toomey. and this guy responds to me and says she is a phenomenal athlete but how can you expect um, you know, Haley Adams, Kristen Holt, and Christy Aramo to compete on the same level when you have events that involve pig flips, one rep max lifts, back-to-back heavy oh. lifting events. Hold on, hold on, James. Just hold Can't on. I can't believe you're reading this. No, no, it's because it's an interesting thought. It, the, the totality of the thought is interesting. Pegboards, he references her, her background in rock climbing, heavy deadlifts, heavy yoke carries, and then bar, heavy barbell lunges. And at the omission of, he includes things like uh, Mary, Atalanta, legless rope climbs, stricter deficit handstand push-ups, all of the things that he considers Horvath's weaknesses. Where do you begin? I'm, bite, I'm, biting my, I'm biting my tongue, James. Go. I just, I don't know. Where do you begin with that? I, I just think one of the most impressive things now is Laura's been second across two essentially different events. And, um, you know, the games can't test the same exact things every year. 
But obviously, I think the Games does a really nice job of covering a lot of bases in terms of testing fitness for the world's fittest. And I feel like when you say that, like, oh, how could you expect to do well, you know, so-and-so to do well when there's pig flips? Well, so-and-so should be fitter or stronger or whatever. I just think that's such a bad argument. Do you know why the decathlon is so cool? Because there's 10 events. Do you know why CrossFit's so cool? Because there's 10 million events. We just slap them across the face with our dicks. Like... Not in a mean way either, but, but like that has its place and this has its place. Like that's crazy. Okay. Then what's, what's his excuse going to be next year when the, the, when the, when it's, when everything's running in the games and Tia still wins. It's just exactly. And what, yeah. What's his explanation for, for a Tia or a Matt or a rich or an Annie Thor's daughter, you know, like, like, you know, when you see, that's why it's so impressive when you see athletes who are repeat podium, top 10 winners, um, because they've succeeded across a diversity of tests constantly. I mean, that's get him back to level one. Hey, and, yeah, and and this this is a thing. I, I'll try to be nice. I've already been a dick for fifteen minutes of this episode. I get what he's saying. He's looking at it, but but he's just looking at this one CrossFit game. So you have to look at the totality of what CrossFit is, the methodology, methodology, the training, and just the the fact that we are are are. This is a gpp program general physical preparedness program that um is for people who want to live a long time and who want to um not be caught off guard in life and especially for first responders who possibly their fitness could be the difference between life and death and when a stopwatch was put to it we turned it into a sport and 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 that's what it is and so you have to be ready for everything yeah, obviously, I um, I agree with you guys. This guy, he loves putting comments up like that, that I think are like first blush responses without really giving a a, a more broad pic, uh, thought to the picture that he's trying to paint. I just I just feel like that argument, and I, I do get what he's saying. I just feel like that argument is like, how do you expect me to succeed in life if I have to do things that I'm not good at? <laughs> it's terrible. James, uh, is there anyone in the world, you're going to hate this question. Yep. Because you hate attention, but... Um, is there anyone in the world who has a broader scope of understanding about the far outer reaches of competition versus what the the roots are of CrossFit than you? Um, I'm sure <laughs> understanding there is. I'm sure, and I'm sh- experience. I'm sure there is. I've been very fortunate to compete a long time, but also train and coach everyone from teenagers to my 60 year old mother and everyone in between. So I think that's really helped me have a much broader perspective of CrossFit and all of its applications, but I'm sure there's someone out there who has a better understanding. You, you live in the games world, but, but, but your, your, your tree is in the games world, but all your roots are in the training program. Do do you, is, is that hard? I mean, like, you know, like you know stuff about CrossFit that people who only watch the games can't even imagine. And so they're missing, like they're missing so much of the picture. Is that hard for you? Do you just, do you, do you try to unfuck every person you cross that doesn't see the totality of the picture? No, I don't. Because I think even for me, it took me a long time to really understand what the breadth of CrossFit actually is when we say, Hey, it can be for anyone. It might not be for everyone. Um, and then how broad, CrossFit is an application in terms of relative intensity. And I didn't realize that until my mom started doing CrossFit in her mid fifties. And I had already been doing CrossFit and competing and on seminar staff for five years. But when I saw it change her life, that's when I really understand, understood like 
again, just how broadly applicable it can be and that the games is the tip of the spear. And I think it's really cool if the games allows someone to dip their toe in the water and start to ask more questions about CrossFit and be curious about it. It's interesting. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, 2016 or 17, Greg um, started basically pulling all the, all the members of HQ together. And he would say, Hey, we have a hundred thousand trainers out there who've taken their L1. And I'm not sure if, if even the, if the, if the majority of them know that they have the cure for type two diabetes. And when he said that, I realized, fuck half the staff here don't know it. And probably the only reason I know it is because I was so close to Greg and I was hearing it always pelted into my ear. So I, I, I see your, I see your point. Like it does take a long time to realize that, Hey, the, it's cool that it crowns Justin Medeiros as the fittest man in the world, but really it's a more potent tool. It's it's it, so and interesting. Um, Haley Adams, number three. Yeah, had her third. She finished fifth. Um, and you know, <clears throat> the the thing about Haley was we we'd seen her compete twice at the games as an individual, but it was the 2019-2020 seasons. And in 2019, she made the top ten. So that was the worst she could do was tenth. She ends up finishing sixth. Takes rookie of the year is a very impressive rookie season. The next year, she makes the top five after seven tests on the online version of the games. She goes to the game. She finishes fourth, and it's a great start to her career. She's got a sixth and a fourth in two very different formats. So now we're coming to this year where we're, we're wondering, okay, against a, a deeper field and a deeper test, you know, 15 events instead of um, seven and six to get to the final five and final ten that she had to do, um, how would she do? And so, you know, I thought she would have the potential to finish on the podium. I still think she has a potential to finish on the podium and I'm pretty happy with a fifth place, uh, performance for her relative to a third place prediction. Hobart, we were having a podcast in, uh, the night before the, on Saturday night. And, um, Brian was saying, I can't, I think Brian was saying that Haley could still make the podium. And I said, there's no fucking way. And, uh, someone commented in the comment section, um, under the name Rich Froning, yeah, she will make the podium. And I looked at the picture in the avatar and I couldn't tell, or in the profile picture and I couldn't tell what it was. And so all the people in the chat go, oh my God, Rich is here. And people are like, Rich isn't here. That's not Rich. It's a fake account. And then the person posted, hey man, I'm sitting in an ice bath right now. This is me. And so I interject and I said, hey, you fucking knuckleheads. There's no fucking way that's Rich Froning. If you think that's Rich Froning, I'll eat my sock. So the podcast is over. And I'm, I walk back into my house and I pick up my phone and I look and there's a text from Rich and it says, start eating your sock, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and um, he and I were both wrong in that regard. And you, you were right. She did not make the podium. Um, she didn't do as well as the, on the workouts on Sunday as I had expected that she would do. And uh, she finished where she belonged in the relative to the field this year again. He probably thought Hobart was going to win Masters too. I tried really hard. You did great. Thank you. You made it exciting. Um, number four, Cara Saunders. Withdrew due to COVID. Okay, so that was your pick, but she withdrew. So what, yeah. do we do, what do we do here to score you as any good at this? Do we move everyone up one? Scroll down. Okay, I see it. Uh, number four, uh, Katrin Doder, David. David Doder, Katrin David Doder. Yes, I'd originally ranked her fifth with the removal of Cara from the competition. She would bump up to the fourth spot. She ends up finishing 10th, so I would consider this a miss. This is her first time not being inside the top five in six years. Um, and so for her, it's a, you know, 
a question is, is, uh, is that potential to have a top five finish against the current caliber of women, um, something that she's going to be able to do again. And like we mentioned, there were still potentially six other women missing from this competition that you could see beating her. So a 10th to 15th place finish this year. Um, she's going to need to, to improve some things relative to the rest of the women. If she wants to get back into that top five in the upcoming seasons. Uh, uh, I, I wonder, and we don't have to get too much into this, if if we've seen, if we're watching her twilight, if we're watching her just decline, or if she had trouble training this year, or if just the competition has gotten that steep. It is uncharacteristic of her to finish 10th. Similar, I mean, to to that guy's point, and it's, it's, not, a, it's not an excuse, it's just a, a fact. Like, she's similar to Haley Adams in the fact that certain strength elements she's not up to par with the the best women in the world and so she's going to take a hit on some of those events so if this was a relatively heavier games then it's not that surprising that you do a little bit worse compared to some of the some of the other years uh renata novatna i'm guessing that's indian james you're going to compete are you going to compete next year it was awesome to watch you Uh, i appreciate that i plan to awesome Uh, and 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 Casper Bauer moves up, right? He does, which I wish he didn't, because I would like to um, compete against him again. But we had an awesome time competing <clears> last, <throat> that weekend. Do you? Have, would you say you're friends? Yeah. Do you have his phone number in your phone? I do. Oh, all right. Um, number five, uh, someone that Hobart. Um, this Hobart gave uh, Brian a few eye rolls when he placed Kristen Holta in this list and the all-time top 40 list, Kristen Holta, who retired at 35. First of all, we'll, we will update the top 10 lists at some point relatively soon based on this year's um, results. But yeah, so I originally had her ninth. Uh, four of the women that were ranked ahead of her, Kakara, Carrie Pierce, Brooke Wells, and Bethany Shadburn, all didn't finish the competition for whatever reason. So she ends up fifth. Amongst the people who did finish the competition, she finishes fourth. Um, obviously, she's incredible. At, you know, she's she's been getting better into now her mid thirties. Um, you know, she was obviously very close to podium, making the podium for the second time in her career. I would still say that the one, the one uh, knock against her resume, I guess, is that she hasn't podiumed in a year where there was a, like the full breadth and depth of tests. The only time she ever podium was in that twenty nineteen season we've talked about a lot um but that doesn't take away from the the other f- four or five finishes she has of seventh or better at the games all in a row by the way so you sorry but, you predicted Kristen holter to take what place brian fifth originally ninth of the oh. remaining competitors fifth oh right right okay so w- w- you only missed that one by one according to my rating sorry hobart go ahead no i was just gonna say does her finish make you reevaluate um 2019 and its impact on athlete performance. What do you mean? Like, I feel like you've been really harsh. Like if you did well in 2019, Brian friend kind of thinks you're a chump. Um, (laughs) And so, so I just, I'm just curious to know, like after this year, does this year and seeing how some of those 2019 athletes perform, does this kind of change your view of it? I mean, we look at the 2019 women. Tia was first. Kristen was was second. Jamie Green was third. She didn't compete this year. Katrin was fourth. We know she's had a string of top five finishes. Carrie Pierce was fifth. She's had a string of finishes up near the top. Haley Adams has had nothing but sixth, fourth, and fifth now in her career. 
Amanda Barnhart's last three years, 779. Bethany Shadburn, that's an outlier year for her right now, but we didn't get to see her compete this year. And Terry Helgedotter, who had her best finish that year, but her second best finish this year at 13th place. Um, and then Danielle Brandon would have been 10th, uh, and she was 11th this year. So, no, no, the thing is, none of those placements are that are that far out of character relative to some of the other performances that we've seen. But when you look at the the people who just barely missed the cut, and it's Annie Thor's daughter, Laura Horvath, Brooke Wells, Sam Briggs, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, all who also definitely have top 10 potential, and we didn't get to see them do the second half of the test, I wonder how many of those women would have been able to, to push some of the people who that's their only or their best career finish or their only top 10 finish down a little bit as the, as the weekend wore on. I just want you to know, I asked you that question just so you could look really smart and you did. <laughs> Nick of time says to Hobart, nice headset Hobart. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick for the $5. Uh, I think that guy's donated $5 a hundred times. <laughs> Good dude. Uh, Daniel Brandon. Originally, I had her ranked 10th. She finished 11th. But when you omit all of the people who were ahead of her, I would have had her ranked 6th. And therefore, I feel like I kind of missed on this one. And then she did a little bit worse um, in the same way that, uh, you know, uh, Dan, that uh, Katrin David's daughter did. But Daniel Brandon's completely different. I think that um, unlike Katrin, she's still figuring, like trying to find out how good she can really be. And she has some potential and room for growth. Obviously the week was very challenging for her in some different ways because she was forced to be separate from everyone forced to take all those tests, which is, I mean, that's to me, that seems very stressful to just like have to show up every single day and take a couple of tests and not know if this test, when you know that there's such thing as false positives out there is just going to end your season out of the blue. She's seen her two best friends be sent home. One of them actually sick. One of them tested sick. Um, so it was like a lot weighing on her. I think that, this is about appropriate for her this year and it's a good building block, but I think she has potential to improve upon it going forward. Do we know that Carrie Pierce never had, was, was, do we know she was asymptomatic? As far as I know. Interesting. We should find that out. I'll DM her and, and see if she'll respond. Uh, number seven, Mallory O'Brien. Finished seventh. I mean, you know, so kind of right there. Oh, um, sorry. Sorry. There's a good question here. Back to Danielle Brandon. <laughs> Where does she rank in Brian's heart? <laughs> <laughs> Number oh, seven, Mallory O'Brien. I don't, I don't know if that list's ever coming up. That's uh, the list we need to see. Number seven, Mallory O'Brien. Yeah, uh, incredible. You know, um, she was the uh, rookie of the year, and uh, in her um, presentation of that, it's you know we recognize that it was. It, obviously amazing to make the games at 17 years old, but to have a top 10 finish, regardless of who's in the field and, and who's there, like it's still, if you just look at her finishes across the week and some of the performances that she had, I mean, the, the wall walk thruster performance that she had maybe get outshined because it was earlier in the week relative to some of the other storylines that developed for the women, but that was incredible. Um, and that's the kind of, um, just mental toughness and grit and willing to suffer and hurt that I saw from her at the Granite Games when she was stringing off three straight event wins. Um, she's now one of the thruster workout at the Granite Games and at the CrossFit Games. And to me, if you're going to like the reason I'm not any better at CrossFit than I am is because I never do thrusters because I absolutely hate them. She's basically saying she's amongst the best, if not the best in the world at the 
one workout that uh, nine times cross the game champion Rich Froning has said, if you're ever going to just going to do one workout for one movement for the rest of your life, make it the thruster. Is that true? He said that. Yeah. <clears throat> Hobart, do you agree coming from the CrossFit training space? I guess a good, that's a good pick. What's second place Hobart? <laughs> How about the burpee? I mean, I would say, honestly, if you're going to thruster, yeah, maybe burpee or deadlift. But if you're thrusting and you're taking it from the ground, you can kind of get like a twofer. Ah. So I'll give you burpee. Um, someone said, uh, Interceptor 11 said one of Carrie's posts suggested she was feeling sick. And thank you, Interceptor, for the way you worded that. You know, sometimes these – not not on this podcast, which is kind of crazy how nice everyone is. But that's like the kind of thing in the comments on YouTube. Someone be like, hey, dipshit, get prepared next time and look at her Instagram. She was sick. So I appreciate the uh, – the participation, like we're all equal instead of I'm a dipshit. Uh, Mallory O'Brien, when I see her name, I just think of Jacob Hepner's chick. Olivia Kerstetter. Yeah. Did you see this this young lady, uh, Mr. Hobart? This is the young lady who snatched 202, right? Yes, sir. And won the event. Yeah, that's crazy. It <laughs> <laughs> is crazy, right? Yeah. James, will I ever snatch 202? Yes. <laughs> Woo! We're going to get you there. Hey, and I don't think um, – I'm not even going to say it. That's good, though. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen to her. Uh, Hefner is saying that um, she's going to do teen one more year. I, I, I think a lot's going to change this year. Uh, the great Annie Thor's daughter. Holy shit. Mama. I mean, this whole season for Annie has been uh, <clears throat> just an exploration of the unknown. At every stage of the season, her and her camp have 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 uh, <laughs> that guy who just donated is a cool dude. By the way, he looks like Conan the Barbarian, Butch Elgin. Elgin, what a he, great name! He was uh, he was very helpful for me at the games this past year because um, we were doing a lot of stuff in between events, and he would just post up at one spot on the rail by the uh, North Park so that I could get into a good vantage point. Just showing up a minute before the events, a lot of that time. So thank you, Butch. I'd like um, to ask his mom and dad how they came up with the name Butch. Like, how do you name your kid Butch? Okay. Um, Annie. So Annie, every stage of the season, she's kind of exceeded her own expectations and surprised herself. And obviously that was the case at the games too. I mean, we saw the um, look of expression of surprise on her face when she hit that snatch. And we saw, heard some of her interviews where she said, I, I didn't know. I, like my chest bar pull-ups are one of the last things that came back for me. I wasn't sure how 90 would go. End up doing great in that event and just great overall on the weekend. So she did better than I had expected. Um, I almost, and I hate, I hate when people say this actually, but I almost wrote an article called The Four Women That Could Podium Besides Tia. And I would have included her on that list for the same reason I included Hopper and Medeiros on the men's side is that I just didn't know. We just didn't know how good she could be less than a year removed from pregnancy. And so obviously it was very, um, you know, the community loves Annie and for good reason. And so it was really cool that she was able to do this well this year. And I think basically surpass and exceed everyone's expectations and redefine what is possible um, after giving birth. Um, go back to what you said about her saying her, her pull-ups were the last thing to come back. Was it pull-ups in general or just chest of our pull-ups? And then I, and I got something to say about that. She had said that the uh, that the chest of bars were one of the last things, but like even bar muscle ups right before I think I remember it was the quarterfinals or semifinals, maybe semifinals. Um, 
was it quarterfinals? Anyway, she had said like, there's just things that she wasn't like, she wasn't comfortable doing them yet. And then she was forced to do them in whatever stage of competition it was. And she was able to do them. Um, I, I asked because, um, when my wife was pregnant with the kids, she would set PRs with like power cleans, squatting, um, snatching. But one thing she stopped doing when she was pregnant was pull-ups and it totally caught me off guard, but she said that she would feel a tugging at her stomach and it created, I think the word is diastasis, but it's basically a separation of the stomach muscles. And she said that pull-up movement, when, I guess it's when your feet come in front of you when you're doing a pull-up, you know, and your core tightens, she would feel tugging and separation of those muscles. So she stopped doing pull-ups during her pregnancy, which is not one that you hear a lot, at least, you know, usually it's like, hey, don't go upside down or don't do double unders or don't do burpees. But um, my wife pretty much flourished in everything, but pull-ups are one of those things that she she gave up during pregnancy too uh emma carey you know i think emma carey is one of the uh athletes in the women's field that gets overlooked a lot this year for what she was able to do i mean if not for mel o'brien everyone would be talking about emma carey being 17 years old making the final cut having a third place finish at the games and a couple of top tens in addition to that i think of this games for her was very similar to uh jason hopper where she had a few good workouts, but overall it was frustrating for her. She wants to be better. She thinks she should be doing better. And she, you know, she had some workouts that really challenged her and left her considerably behind the top women in, in those respective events. Um, I think a, uh, what she ended up fi- finishing 16th here um, is, a, is, is a pretty good, I mean, a, an incredible finish at that age. And she showed a lot of I think she showed a lot of mental toughness over the course of the weekend. And that one workout that Mal O'Brien won, she was third place in that workout. Only Tia Clartumi and Mal beat her. Um, so again, I would consider that a pretty impressive performance against that field of women. And I think that uh, like Mal, she's got a very bright future ahead of her and a lot to build on coming out of this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree and disagree. Like, I, I guess maybe you agree and disagree with what you said too, with the way you worded it. She would be, she would have gotten a lot more attention if it wasn't for the fact that Mal O'Brien was also a, a younger lady who, <clears throat> who's in the mix and tearing shit up. Um, but that being said, uh, she still did get a lot of attention. She got more attention than Travis Mayer. Uh, Gabriella Magawa. So impressed by her. Yep. So this is one of the um, athletes on the list that did a little, you know, better than I projected. I originally had her 14th. If you drop out all those other women, I would have had her 10th. But still, she improved on that and finished sixth. Um, It was a very, very good uh, week for her. Um, She's pretty strong for, for, especially for her age at only 22. And so, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of wrestling with you know, with that notion that this was a heavy games, like there were a lot of heavy implements. The weird thing about that is that, you know, when we talked to Hopper, he, he mentioned that a lot of the heavy implements were paired with high skill things like big volume of, of ring muscle ups or chest bar pull-ups or freestanding handstand pushups um, or pegboards or rope climbs. So you had to, you really, if you want to finish in the top six, like, like Abby did, you had to be more than strong. Like you had to be good at a lot of other things as well. So I think that, you know, and then when you're thinking about someone like Katrin David's daughter and can she get back to being in the top five? And we've already mentioned Laura Horvath, Haley Adams, uh, Mal O'Brien and Gabby Magawa that are all, you know, very young and still getting better being in her, in her way of, of people who beat her this year and oh, will okay. still be coming back next year. Um, and then, yes, there's people like Emma Carey that are, you know, obviously didn't do as well as her this year, but also still be getting better. 
You want to finish in the top five in the women's field in upcoming years, it's going to be really difficult to do. Um, I agree. Uh, sorry, I you have two lists here, and you're very organized, and I kind of <laughs> fucked up your organization, Brian. I'm sorry. I seriously am. Because I jumped from one list to the other list. So I just want to go back to three people that, that we overlooked. And we, we touched on Carrie Pierce, uh, greatest American CrossFitter ever. Is that female? It's either her or Kristen Clever. Okay. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then we skipped over Brooke Wells. And that would be another one that's going to cause problems for um, anyone who wants to be in the top five, correct? Assuming that she can come back from that injury, uh, you know, we don't know when that will be, but I think she'll be able to come back. And yeah, she's she's uh, top ten in the world for sure. Hobart is she coming back? Um, I sure hope so. I didn't hear much about it. I just think it's amazing she still finished twentieth, <laughs> you know, and withdrew. Oh, so, by the way, I, I go hope ahead. she comes back. Uh, someone in the YouTube comments, I said that the doctor that rushed out to her within seconds of her injuring herself was a world class orthopedic surgeon who went to Harvard, and this person said. No, he didn't. He went to Tufts. Big difference. And I want to tell you two things. First of all, you're fucking wrong. He did go to Harvard. And he went to Tufts. So I'm right, and you're wrong. And you're right. There is a big difference between Tufts and Harvard. Harvard's a shithole. Go look at all the fraud that's going on at Harvard in their medical fucking department. Start with their fucking stem cell research in the cardio and the cardiology department. They have the fucking godfather of fucking stem cell research over there. He's published 31 papers and they've all been retracted and been considered fraudulent. Don't fucking tell me that there's a big difference between Tufts and Harvard and, and, and imply that this fucking shithole racist college is, is uh, better than Tufts. Uh, Bethany Shadburn. But the last thing I want to say about Brooke Wells is, you know, she was, I think she was pretty disappointed in her finish last year because she did, she finished fifth, but she was fifth out of five at the stage two of the game. So to lose, you basically lost to the rest of the women once you made it there. And she barely had lost to Haley Adams, Carrie Pierce beat her, Katrin beat her. And she was set up this year to, to definitely beat Katrin and to possibly beat Haley. Um, and, and you could have made an argument that if she'd finished fifth this year or sixth this year, that it was actually a better performance and finish for her than it was last year, taking five out of five after getting into the top five. So that was really, I think, a bummer for her. And James, she finished 20th because at that point in the competition, there, there were only 20 athletes left. Okay. <laughs> but I still her, think that's, that's her points, even after we having to withdraw would have placed her either 12th or 13th. That's um, crazy. 792. She would have been yeah, 13th place behind Emma McQuaid with those points, but that's how CrossFit's always done. It is once you're, uh, once you have to withdraw and you just drop down to the lowest placing, of the uh, remaining athletes. James, oh. have you ever trained with Laura Horvath? Um, a little bit. She came out to Reebok for a little while, um, a long time ago. And what did you think? She's super awesome, fit person, super nice. I'm really happy to see her back in second place. I don't think she's a fluke athlete whatsoever. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, did you know when she came out there, were you like, oh, fuck. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure we did some workouts where she used men's weight and beat us. <laughs> Dude, that's an important part of the story. When I at, that's yeah. I threw you an alley oop and then you fucking missed the dunk and I had to come fucking like hand it to you and let you yeah, get a it was, free. It throw. was a little buildup. All right, uh, Tia Toomey, have you worked out with her? I have not. All right, so the one of the greatest females uh, that you've ever worked out with is Laura Horvath. Mm -hmm. That's cool. 
Um, Matt Souza, although we are not worthy of Carrie Pierce, Brooke Wells, and Bethany Shadburn, it would be awesome to have them on the podcast, by the way. It'd be great to pick their name. Uh, pick their name. Pick their brains. Uh, Danny Spiegel. Well, you had mentioned Bethany Shadburn uh, before that. Okay. Uh, and Bethany, you know, I think of – obviously, you never want to see anyone withdraw, but I think of all the athletes that had to withdraw or miss this competition this year, this is the one that people were maybe most bummed about because the hype around her was really big after beating Carrie at the West Coast Classic. A lot of um, people who know her well know she's competed at the games before but not always healthy. She seemed to be healthy, physically healthy this year her body, her joints, things like that. Uh, and I, th- and a lot of people were expecting her to threaten for podium top five. Um, I, you know, I'd ranked her, I guess, eighth, eighth. Um, and I think that she had every, every potential to be that or better, uh, this season, but we didn't, we didn't get to see it. So, um, I'm ho- I hope obviously that she'll come back and be as good this this next season as she could have been, or maybe it was poised to be this year. But I think that was probably the one that bummed people out the most. Since you guys have listened this far into the podcast, I'll tell you something that I didn't want to say in the beginning. I think this next week coming up, we have lined up on the podcast uh, along with uh, at least one UFC fighter on Monday morning. We have BKG, Rich Froning, and Sarah Sigmund's daughter all in the queue. They will not be better than James Hobart, but together, all three of them together, maybe. Maybe. Um, okay, so sorry. I apologize, Bethany, for skipping over you. Uh, uh, Danny Spiegel. Yeah, and I, again, you know, um, <clears throat> I don't know that she's necessarily in the same tier of athletes based on her performances over the, the past couple of years as as Akara, Carrie, Brooke, and, and Bethany, or even Sarah and Jamie, but she's a, she's a relevant uh, female in the field. And again, she had to withdraw before the cuts this season, so we didn't get to see kind of the full capacity of her. We know she has some... Uh, lingering foot injuries and she had uh you know a couple injuries during the sanctional season i think with her shoulder so we just are waiting for her to to get healthy enough to actually finish the season and see where she falls amongst the rest of the women and we didn't get to see it this year brian jessica dades dade mash said i think brian should do an update with how close he was with the predictions for the outcome of the games and athlete order hey jessica that is that is what this show is trying to do but i have <laughs> jacked it all up i've jacked it all up you need paper and pencil if you want to put it together and follow along <laughs> i jacked it all up but that's what this show is uh number uh 16 amanda barnhart that go ahead i had her 16th originally when you bump out all the women that withdrew she it would have been she would have been 11th on my rankings and she finished ninth and i this is actually an athlete who i got the mo- probably the most flack for about ranking her this low coming into the the games but um, I just wasn't sure. Seventh and seventh the last two years, those tes- those seasons were different. And I felt like, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if she was a top 10 athlete in the in the field this, this year. And I think that if everyone had competed, she would not have been. So I feel, I feel like I probably wasn't that far off here relative to what she did. I mean, two spots when we take out all the withdrawals and, um, and there she is. Some people have been telling me that she's going to be top five. You just wait and see. I don't see the numbers to support that yet. So maybe she ha- has the capacity to improve on some of her holes at the games. She's obviously won a couple events at the games, but she also always has some really bad finishes. And just her overall average finish 
hasn't been good enough to warrant a top five ranking. So I think that that's just a little bit of wishful thinking maybe. Um, and of course she's going to train hard. She's very motivated to do well, but, uh, you know, this is just about where she is. Um, do you care if now I skip around a little bit now that we did 15, do like two or three more. <laughs> and then, um, do you want to choose two or three more and then we'll go over to the men or else we'll be here all day. Yeah, we and, should at this and, point. And I, I gotta was, get yeah, ready definitely. for the fights tonight, dude. Derek Lewis is fighting tonight. Can you guys believe it? Do you watch fights, Hobart? No, not really. I should get more into it. I have a friend who runs a another not called Dojo Studio. Uh huh. But he's really competitive into it. I just never got into it. Insane UFC fight tonight. Jacqueline Robertson, always supportive. Ten dollars. You're the best. Thank you. Uh, so, what do you think, Brian? Can we skip around a little bit? Yeah, I think there's four women that we have to talk about, and then okay. everyone else, whatever. Okay, go. You choose them. Um, so I think we should start with the women that that far exceeded my expectations, which are Ariel Lowen and Bailey Rail. And we have talked about them before, and I did, and I gave them a, an acknowledgement. And I've just been trying to think about after the games, like why were these women so much better than well, all the women that I that I like have been to the games before that they just basically crushed. I mean, Ariel finished 14th and Bailey finished 18th. So not only did they make the top 20, but it's, they weren't the last two in the top 20. Like they still continued to fight and, and move up and 14th place finish for Ariel Lowen. Um, it's just like, it's really, it's just blowing my mind. I'm not sure <laughs> how she got so good this year. She's competed in the past. People uh, have, have reminded me of this, but we did talk about it and write about it in the morning chalk up as well. She used to compete as Ariel Armstrong and her Instagram handle is Ariel Arm. Um, and she was a regional level competitor and she was, you know, just wasn't good enough to get to the games. And she has some competition experience for sure, but she had said as much that she wasn't coming to the Granite Games to win it. She was coming there to participate and she ended up winning. And I think she came to the games. I, I don't know what her expectations were coming to the games, but she far exceeded mine, and I give her all the credit in the world. She was very consistent, and and she looked like she was having a blast doing it the entire weekend. And it's a lot of volume, and she's a mom, and she has a full-time job. And I think that her performance this year is incredibly commendable and, and has to be recognized. Yeah, and it was a, definitely a feel-good story the entire week. And every time the camera went on her, I kind of smiled inside. So that's Ariel. And then and Bailey Rail, I mean, we talked about it before the – um, the week began. She's this is her first time ever doing a live individual competition, and she plays 18th at the CrossFit Games. And I mean, I really can't think of anything else to say about that except that she was training with the Mayhem crew for the last couple of months in Cookville, and obviously they prepare their athletes really well for something like this. Uh, what what about um? Well, let me ask you this: uh, who who really shit the bed? Who <laughs> Didn't get the ranking and fucking dropped the ball and made you look bad. She already apologized to me. And I hate, I feel bad. saying <laughs> it. <laughs> but on the uh, women's like side, she, the, the one that like I missed she, by the, mo by far by the most in this direction was Carolyn Prevo. Ah, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that breaks my heart too. Um, a phenomenal athlete tough competition but like we said a lot of people dropped out too so it could have been her year uh what about sam what about sam briggs 39 year old sam briggs yeah i mean when i when you remove all the people who dropped out I, she would have been 20th on my rankings and she finished 21st so she was right there kind of in the middle where i expected her to be 
Um, she almost got it, did enough to make the top 20. She won that event or she got second in that event, the, the event number 10, I think. Um, and it just was barely not enough, but she, I mean, at 39 years old, make just making the games in the elite field is we've said it before is pushing the, the boundaries beyond and beyond. She wants to do it as a 40 year old next year. And if there's anyone who can do it, I think it's her. Fantastic. Uh, Hobart, um, do, do you mind if we, you and I have a little powwow real quick? Yes. Ryan, if you, if you have to get up and pee, you can go pee or Let's do whatever. Powwow. Um, on the count of three, um, based on what you've seen of Brian's work for the women, um, his predictions and, and how it turned out and just uh, figuring all the factors. On the count of three, do a thumbs up for the camera if we keep them for next year and a thumbs down if we don't. We'll do it together at the same time. Do you need any time to think? or do No, you know? let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. One, two, three. Wow. Wow. Dude, he was sweating balls. He was sweating balls. Hey, that doesn't get you in the clear, though. We might bring someone in for the men. So let's switch over to the men. <clears throat> you might bring someone over for the men. This is not, not nearly <laughs> as good. You actually did really amazing for the women. What a fucking... What not there some fancy line that you athletes use, Hobart, like, trash can fire or dumb, dumpster fire that was a real dumpster fire or a soup sandwich yeah so, yeah that was a soup sandwich, sandwich just yeah. all the pull outs and mask wearing and man what a what a soup sandwich who came up with soup sandwich i've never heard that one solid i don't I actually think i heard that from pat sherwood wow that's off to patty where is pat this year did he participate in any of the games height is he retired from the crossfit scene what, what's he doing He's doing a podcast with um, Beyond the Whiteboard. He and Boz do a little podcast. Wow. I hope they're not taking it. Uh, Ryan, can you bleep that out, what Hobart said? I think we're on a 30-second delay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But it's definitely not as good as this one. That's, oh, all, that's all I know about it. Hey, and if you want a clean podcast where guys are like two civilized fucking gentlemen who aren't going to comment on sports bras and whether Josh Bridges' shorts were so tight don't you come can to see this his one. cock and balls, yeah, don't come to this one. Could you really? No, I don't know, but so many people sent me pictures of his ass and the shorts he was wearing the competition, and man, his ass was hungry. Good for him. Yeah, I know. I kind of like it too. Um, for many reasons, it's it's it, mostly because it's fun to make fun of. 2021 CrossFit Games men Brian Friends predictions with uh, James Hobart and Sevon Matosian deciding whether we're going to keep him for next year's predictions. We're reviewing his predictions. Um, he's presenting his case to whether he stays on the show as a um, Nostradamus. Ryan Jevening on the graphics. Matt Souza, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Probably running his gym. Number one, Patrick, you predicted Patrick Vellner would win the CrossFit Games this year. Before, Just before we talk about the men, we'll just set the stage. <laughs> Set, set the set stage it. same as the women, which is uh -huh. there. There were there were four withdrawals in the men's side of the competition, but none of them were as significant as the women. Whereas four of the top eight that I projected had to withdraw on the women's side. The highest projected withdrawal was Adrian Munweiler, who had a, I had originally had in seventeenth, then Sean Sweeney, who had had in twenty first, and also Sam Stewart and Alexander Illen. So it didn't. There were some withdrawals on this side, but it didn't really affect the overall landscape as much as it did on the women's side. So for the women, you have a valid note from your mom and dad of why you're sick at school this week. Um, but for the men, you're you're on your own. That's right. <clears throat> okay. To make your own excuses. <laughs> so, 
yeah, I, I projected Pat to win. I thought he was going to win. And I actually thought he was going to win all the way up until I saw Justin Medeiros' capacity to do freestanding handstand pushups. And Dave has said that in the moment in event number six, when Vellner and Fikowski ran to the barbell and missed their clean, and Medeiros ran up behind them and hit that to beat the buzzer by less than a second and steal that event win, that that's the moment that Medeiros won the games. But I disagree with Dave on that. I do think it was a very significant moment, but there were a lot of significant moments that came after that. That deadlifting freestanding handstand push-up workout was a home run for Vellner, and he needed to make up 30 points in the last two events or 37 points in the last two events to do it. He went on and won the event, which I thought he would do, but Medeiros was clearly the second best in that in that workout across all the heats and all the men that did the, the workout. And at that point, for me, it was like, this is game over. This guy is the fittest this weekend. Hobart has something to say. No, I was just at that point, though, I thought even if Vellner didn't win, like Medeiros basically had to, in terms of points, could Vellner have caught him in points? Like Medeiros had to take like a last in the final two events or something like that, right? No, not necessarily. I mean, th- uh, 37 points, it was a five-point margin. So let's just say that Vellner wins the, f- wins the event number 14 and um, and Medeiros finishes seventh, which is that I thought he would finish like sixth to 10th in that workout and that Vellner would make up 25 to 30 points and that it'd be within 10 or 15 points going into the final event. Now, I, you know, I, I didn't know that Medeiros was going to absolutely obliterate everyone on the final event also, but, um, you know. Was I, that his only event win of the weekend, the final? It was. What a weapon. Yeah. How about that guy finished uh, event 13 in third place, event 14 in second place, and event 15 in first place? That to me is like the reason why. Well, but look. But, like there's but, no question. That's why. I mean, I thought Pat Vellner was going to win too, especially going to the last day. I thought he was going to come back. I agree with Brian. I think that handstand push-up workout, like the fact that Medeiros was able to do what he did there and basically neutralize Vellner in that workout. Uh, Not just that workout. Because the the four workouts prior to the final, Vellner's finishes were fifth, third, second, first. He did that yeah. third, second, first on the events 12, 13, 14, and then Medeiros wow. did on 13, 14, 15. So Vellner was doing everything he could to cl- try to claw back after having his really bad event one and a terrible execution of event eight. And but it just ended up that he'd given away too many points to a guy who was not was not giving away anything from beginning to end of the competition. Uh, number two, uh, Jason Flopper, Hopper, Jason Hopper. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you don't know how hard that was for me to say that. You don't know how hard for me it was to do that joke. But you did. I know. I know. That's all right. That hurts. He's, That's I, like, it's like making, it's like making fun of one of my family members, Jason Hopper. Sorry. Uh, Ryan, edit that part out too, please. Jason Hopper. That should just be the clip. Podcast. <laughs> Jason Hopper. Well, first of all. We had a chance to talk to him a couple of days ago, and he went through his thoughts and what I think is a very honest, humble, and realistic evaluation of the weekend from his perspective. And a lot of people have recognized that and reached out to us and said, man, I mean, I was I was being pretty critical of him about his performance relative to the hype, but this is a pretty honest and humble reflection by a rookie. So if you haven't heard that one and you feel whatever you feel about him, you might want to listen to it. Hey, I, I disagree with you. You disagree. You don't think people should go listen to it? No, that part. Well, that part, yeah, you should definitely listen to it. Or just at least play it on YouTube so we get the money for it. You don't have and to actually donate, watch yeah. it. Just push play and walk away from your computer. But um, l- listen, we I like Jason Hopper a lot. I think um, I, I'm courting, we're courting each other to be friends. Um, 
and 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 I'm and I'm flattered that he wants to be friends with me. That being said, compare him to Colton Mertens. Colton Mertens is like I fucked up. I'm going home, fixing this fucking shit. Done. Jason Hopper's like got some other. Th- he, Jason Hopper has some of that in him, but he's got some other thoughts too. He's got some analysis of the game that that I'm concerned might not be relevant. He's like that guy who sent you the um the Horvath the e- Adams thing, yeah, yeah, the email. Like uh, I, I I do like. Uh, I don't think Hopper needs to worry about if there was too much skill or too much swimming or too much running or if the workouts were for him or not for him. And I do hear him talk about that a little bit. And I and I and I, I on the complete opposite end, I see Mr. Merton's like just like, you know, he went to a gunfight and he lost and he's going home and practicing shooting and adding two more guns to his arsenal. I mean, he's he's sorry, horrible horrible analogy. He, he's but he's he's. I just hear, I don't want to say excuses, but I, 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 I feel that there's some leak. I feel there's a leak, a leak in the commitment, a leak in the focus. To say he's making excuses would be too harsh, but I sense a leak, and I, and I don't like that. And, 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 and let me ask you this, Hobart. Let's say, let's say he's just being honest with us. What should an athlete do? Should he, should he not tell the, the, the podcast that? Or and push it down and hide it. Like I would push that shit down and hide it. I mean, I don't know. I think it's fine if you share that kind of stuff. It just depends what he does in the next three hundred some odd days, right? Like, so if you go back home and <clears throat> now your <clears throat> your whole job as an athlete, excuse me, your whole job as an athlete just becomes analyzing events and looking at well, what was it that about that event that I didn't do well? There's that next step of like, great, here's why I didn't do well, and then here's all the things I'm going to train to do better next time. So he might be doing that. Like, I don't, he's a really successful athlete outside of CrossFit. Like I imagine he's right. someone who's going to go back home and get to work. It might, that might suck him in as far as like, Hey, I'm a really successful athlete. So maybe something about this weekend wasn't me, but I don't, I don't know Jason terribly well. I think he had an awesome season. <laughs> I imagine you'll see him come back and fix a lot of his issues if he wants to. Well, it's um, not, it definitely sounds like he wants to. Yeah. Did you, did you, when you took second place this weekend, you fought back and came hard, you know, you had a really, you basically, you pulled a Patrick Vellner, you came out and and just shit the bed and had to fight your way back all weekend. Did you at all, did those thoughts creep into your mind? Like, Hey Dave, fuck the programming up on this. No, not once, but I, I, you know, I saw a four and a half mile run and I said, I'm going to do shitty at that. And I know why I'm going to do shitty at that. And, um, I saw the one rep max snatch and I actually outperformed on that, but I was like, I don't think I'm going to do great but I did better than I thought I would. And I know why I wouldn't do great. And I know if I want to compete again, what I'm going to do next year, you know, uh, put X lax in Casper Bowers coffee. <laughs> no, I, no. Well, he's not in my age division anymore. And I, and I think everyone's beatable. I wouldn't compete if I didn't. Um, but there's a reason he was the champion this year and I wasn't. Well, that <clears throat> hopper does have that. He does think everyone's beatable. Yeah. So, um, I also just want to just, just point out a, a couple things is, um, BKG, 26 his first year at the Games. Everyone knows his resume sense. Kristen Holt, 17th their first year at the Games. Five straight, seven place or better recently. Katrin Davids are 31st and 26th their first two years at the Games. Comes back two and, years and later. Then, and then on, it, it's a, a, a huge fucking thing that Katrin did too. Then she missed the Games. Right. And then came back as a dominant force. I mean, that's fucking impressive what she did. That's crazy impressive. So there are people like... Patrick Vellner, who shows up at the games and gets third his first year. 
or even a Noah Olson who shows up at the games and gets eighth his first year and go on to have very impressive careers. But it's not unprecedented for someone, very talented athlete, to come along and have a below or sub, you know, an average to below average finish at the games as a rookie, especially a young rookie, and uh, and learn a lot from him and come back in a year or two later, be right up there in the mix. So uh, I have people sending me things on Instagram. I'll bet you $100 Hopper never places top 10. And I'm like... <laughs> That's a, that's a pretty bold thing to say. I mean, he was very raw and unprepared this year and made it made it through to the final cut despite not – I don't think he had a single good workout this weekend. Um, Betsy007, blaming the program programming rather than addressing the weakness is an easy out. I don't know if you're saying that Hopper did that, but I don't I don't want to go on record as saying Hopper did that. I don't want to he – didn't, he didn't blame the programming. He wasn't – he didn't go that far. Just saying, I heard something in his voice, in his description. I wish I could quote it, but that that <sighs> blames too harsh. Let me just say that I I didn't get the fact he wasn't like fuck Dave. He's an idiot, and and, and I've heard games athletes say that. Like I mean, I haven't heard Annie say that. And you know, I think in in one of the years, like when they had the softball toss or something, she's like, "That's not CrossFit. It's in the behind the scenes." And it's like, yo, 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 like that is not. That's probably not where you want to go. I, I think there's something you have to remember too. Like, so Hopper wins his um sanctional semifinal, excuse me. Right. So he we same know thing, he has the same thing. Yeah. We know he has the ability to win. And he shows up at the games and gets 19th. Like it's easy from the outside looking in to look at greatness. And I think all of these athletes in terms of competitive CrossFit are great. And so he's top half in arguably a really talented field, maybe one of the more talented fields we've seen. And so it's like, I just think it's so easy when people are like, well, he's just whining and complaining. Yeah, he probably had really high expectations for himself. So he should be fucking upset. You know, like he should go home and be like, wow, man, I thought I could get top five or Brian Friend said I was going to get number two and I let him down. And it just depends on what he does with it next. And I think it's fine for everyone to criticize him, but I just don't think people really understand what it's like to be in that kind of position of greatness. And look at all the time we're giving him. Yeah. Brent. Fakowski. Yep. I project him 30, finished third. I mean, he was very consistent on the weekend. He had one really bad workout, the, the running Toto Bar workout, and he was pretty impressive otherwise. He didn't win as many events. Actually, it's he won four events his rookie year. Since then, it's been five years competing at the games, and he's only won three. Um, but he still had a, several solid performances. I think he was you know, I know that uh, BKG was kind of closing in on him towards the end of the weekend, but I think he was like pretty clearly the third best guy that that, that weekend. And Man, right he, where he belonged. He was scrappy. He was scrappy. Uh, so, so uh, Lindsay Sneed says, "Can we talk about him having a full time job until maybe a month before the games?" Lindsay, so that's like our point. Like, like you're talking about Hopper, right? Yeah, Hopper. Like, it's it's one thing to say that, okay. But it, but it's it's another thing to say that and use that as an excuse. So like, I mean, Colton Merton had a, a, a the, the the hardest job in the world and made it to the games. You know what I mean? And slept six hours a night or whatever. And he was up at four in the morning and training at midnight. I mean, like, and Ariel so, Lowen we talked about has a full time job and multiple kids. Yeah. But, so but, I, but, I hear what you're saying, Lindsay. But go ahead, Hobart. Go ahead. Yeah. Just neither of those guys won the games, so it doesn't matter. Jason Hopper wants to win the games, and people always ask me. They're like. Not always, but at seminars, I want to be a games athlete. What do I do? And I'm like, do you have a job? Yes. Quit it. You know, Jason, <laughs> but it's, it's the truth. You know, like Matt Fraser wasn't bagging groceries. 
I mean, maybe that's what Jason needs. Like, I think you can look at it and say, Hey, yeah, well, he had a job. And in light of that, he did great, which I agree. But I said, if this guy wants to win the games next year, he's like, "Mm, maybe if I can not work that 19th becomes a podium. Well, it's going to be more than that. And, but not only that, you just, you can observe it as something you have to fix, but I don't think you can use it as an excuse. I agree. I just like there's a, there has to be a distinction there because it's the kind of mindset that uses it as an excuse that that is indicative of a bigger problem in the head. So that's that's my thoughts. But what do I know? Although I was the best best cameraman at the game, so I guess I was the best at something. Uh, number four, Noah Olson. Yeah, I had had him fourth. He finished 10th. So I'd say that this was another miss on my part. Um, didn't do as well as uh, as I thought he would do this year. And um, just in the little bit that I've heard him talk about it since then, I don't think there's any real uh, excuse that he's giving or reason or anything. It's just that's where he fell this year. Let me. I want to say this about Noah. I'm curious what you think, James. All of these other mistakes that Brian's made have been his fault. He fucked up and didn't look in his crystal ball clearly. He should have sprayed some Windex on that thing and shined it. This one is all Noah's fault. <laughs> Noah has no fucking business taking 10th place. If he lives next door to me, I would fucking put him over my knee and paddle him. <laughs> He's too fucking good. It's, it's fucking unacceptable. That one is not Brian's fault. I'm trying to see where he got tripped up this weekend. Um, he's too fucking good. He's too good of a guy. He's too good of an athlete, and he's put too much into it. I don't want to say the word deserve. I hate that. But he does need a spanking. Roger that. He just had a lot of middle-of-the-pack finishes. And, you you know, when you, you'll see some of these other guys that end up placing ahead of him, they had some home runs. He didn't have really any, any of those this year. Okay, Dingus Health Lifestyle. 20 burpees, buddy. Don't don't write that shit in the comments, flopper. Jason's gonna see that and gonna hate me. You're in big trouble, buddy. Twenty burpees. No one else write flopper in there again. Uh, number five, the great Scott Panchik, who I, God, he could have been the podium. Though everyone's lucky his knee was fucked up. You think he could have? Yes. I don't yes. think he could have been podium. I think he could have been fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, he yeah, he finished 11th. I'm counting it as a miss here, but I really don't think it's much of a miss. It's uh, if he was able to run, I think he would have been in at sixth at worst. Man, dude, he even the commentators are like, um, man, look at him shake on those thrusters when he would lower the bar and it would land on his clavicle or whatever that is, because that one leg just was not holding up. I mean, it was like a broken coffee table leg. And uh, like the kind you had in your, like your coffee table in college in your living room. And like, you're like, don't set the bong there. You know, like it, that thing was fucked up, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say Scott with a podium. I'm going to say Scott could have won the games. <laughs> hey, he was in the right mindset. He was in the right mindset. Thank you, Dingus. Well done. Uh, anything else you want to say about Scott? Did you deserve the uh, spirit of the games award? Yeah, in context, everything, I think so. Again, I've always been a huge fan, and I know it's like the games just test fitness, but I don't know. I'm always a huge fan of anyone who's active in the community. And Scott has been active in the community, affiliate owner, started a competition. I just, he's invested, and that's very, very cool. I like Um, the. I I say bullshit that he's going to retire. I think he's going to, I think he's at home right now being like, holy shit, if my knee would have been better, I could have fucking won that thing. 
I don't know either, Hobart. That's what this show's about. Well, I disagree. <laughs> Bjork. <laughs> Carl. What? You say his name. Say his first name. Bjork. We'll say Bjorkin. it, Brian. Bjorkvin Carl Goodmanson. Bjorkvin, Bjorkvin Carl Goodmanson from the great country of Iceland. 300,000 people. More CrossFit gyms per capita than anywhere in the world. And you could look at their family history and everyone in the, on that island is related to each other. That's always kind of weird. Remember I mentioned that 26th in his rookie year? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight years of eighth or better. Now he has two top podiums. This is his next best finish, fourth place. He wasn't 100% healthy coming into this week, and I knew that. Um, and he still almost chased down Fikowski and got on the podium. I think he surprised himself a little bit based on what I had heard from his camp prior to the weekend. But guy's amongst the best that we've ever seen. And uh, when you talk about consistency over time, so incredible performance for him. And just add it to the list. He's he's top of the sport. I mean, he's right right there with all these guys. Uh, this next one, um, this is the one that puts Brian's job in jeopardy. This <laughs> next one, this is gonna be a tough pill to swallow. People, everyone, sit down, relax, maybe take a bathroom break. Justin Maderos, the 2021 CrossFit Games champion. You had him ranked. Look, Brian's oh, video oh, just went out. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Justin Medeiros. Oh, no, I don't feel bad about this at all. I mean, I had I had included him in my list of four people who could win the games, and I basically said I don't know enough about him yet. Um, obviously, people can say, well, what do you mean you don't know enough about him? He was third place last year at the games. But, yeah, he was, you know, he was third last year. It was a very, it was a very different test. We talked about how he'd had some success at sanctionals, win, winning the filthy 150, almost winning the Granite Games, minus not really understanding how to use a sandbag that year, and that he had a ton of potential. Uh, he was He was better than I thought. You know, across this entire test, he did not have a single bad performance. 15th was his worst placing. And the events he was worst on are some of the events that I'm least concerned about, like the run, like the 550 yard sprint, which is, I think, in kind of a specialty, specialty type thing. And I'll always take the generalist, like the generally awesome guy over the guy who excels in one or two things. Um, so, and, and I said, I think you asked me a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or so, you know, this is the guy to beat right now. He's, he's young. He's very fit. His midline is super strong. He's got all the skills and the tools, and he's still getting stronger. Like he's he's uh, been getting stronger, and he's going to continue to get stronger. I think so. He's going to be a tough guy to unseat, um, and uh, he earned he earned this victory. I, I counted as a miss ranking him seventh and having him finish first, but I don't feel bad about the fact that I had him had him seventh on the power rankings coming into the weekend. Um. I think what happened was is Jason Hopper <clears throat> Jason Hopper beat him at the Mac. He did. And that f- fucked y'all up. That got y'all scrambled. Like a like a pretty girl smiling at you from across the room and she, you thought she liked you but she didn't. She was she just was just being courteous. I think that scrambled your brain a little bit. Speaking of pretty girls, uh if we could take a break in the show real quick. I'm looking at this um Danielle Brandon is taking a really long drive right now, and someone asked her who is the best podcast host. Oh boy, <laughs> did you listen oh, to it? Did you listen to it? Fucking boy, no, I didn't listen to it. Someone's a, a you have very to listen good, to it. You have to listen to it, otherwise very, you're going to be wrong here. Look what she put. 
She can't tag you. She lists you and then me when she speaks, but she can't tag you. Brian, friend. Hey, buddy. I just have what I have. I just have what I have. You can say all you want, but I, I just, I'm a guy who goes by the facts. Maybe I'll check it out later. But best podcast host, Brian, Brian Friend from Daniel Brandon. And her eyes are closed. I want to imagine you could, if you could see what she's visualizing right there. By the way, I like her hair. I like, I, I'm not a fan of like weird colored dyed hairs or nose rings or like big old hoops in the ears or any of that, like the big old gauges. <sighs> Brian's a runaway freight train. Um, so, so going back, I, I, I think, I think that you got confused by Hopper and um, beating Medeiros at the Mac. I don't think I think you disrespected Matt Fraser. That was his horse that he picked to win the games. And you're on the Dave Castro bandwagon, and he picked Hopper, so you picked Hopper. And I think you've been misguided and um, bamboozled. Okay, Hobart. Yes. Thank you. Um, that's that's rare. What uh, time stamp that 1220 Hobart agreed with me and not Brian. Um, number eight, Cole Sager. I, I'm 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 shocked at his finish, actually. Well, he barely got into the top 20. He was the last guy in in 20th place after one event. Uh, he moved all the way up to 10th place and then he just kind of ended up in the mixer in 14th. I would say that this was an underwhelming games for him relative to the expectations. I'm counting it as a miss for me. And um, I think it's similarly to the Noah Olsen scenario. I don't really think there's any any excuse here that I've heard from Cole. This is just as good as he was this week. Hobart, have you worked out with Cole Sager? Uh, I have not. Oh, that's I'm sh- that actually shocked me. Um, have you worked with, out with BKG, Hobart? Um. No, I don't think we have worked out together, but we competed together in 2014. You like him, huh? A lot, yeah. I think he's, um, I think he's got all the right stuff to be a podium athlete, and he's a good dude. Yeah, he is a good dude, right? He's probably. I can't wait to get him on the podcast. Um, the the little bit that I've hung out with him, he's funny. He's enjoyable to be around. He's a gentleman. Um, yeah. You know what we forgot to ask Medeiros is Medeiros doesn't have any tattoos, does he? We didn't forget to ask him anything. We just couldn't hear him. Oh, right. Thank you. <laughs> right. We're perfect. The technology failed us. Thank you. Uh, Chandler Smith, you picked him to be ninth. I think that's another guy who's um, uh, got an insane body and got a lot of hype behind him, but I think that you made the mistake picking him as ninth. I think that's the only time I've said that. I've liked all your picks, but I think picking him at ninth was a mistake. No, I mean, and look, I... I he finished look, 21st, by the way. He did. He missed... He. Uh, Cole Sager bumped him out for the last spot inside the top 20. And maybe he moves up a few spots if he gets into the top 20. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? But either way, uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, once again, this is a miss. And you'll see on the men's side relative to the women's, there's a lot more misses. I think it's – and this is like this every single competition I've ever done this for. It's a lot more difficult to to pin down the men. There's a lot – I think there's just a lot more guys who on any given weekend can – upset the balance can make a top five or a top 10. Whereas on the women's side, it's pretty consistent over the last five to seven years. Um, so Chandler didn't have it this week. He didn't have it at the uh, granite games. In my opinion, I thought that he would use that interim time period to, to improve or whatever. I mean, that's what Bergeron usually does. Usually his guys are okay and, and good enough at the regional or the semifinal level. 
and ex- an excellent at the games. And now we've talked about Cole Sager, Chandler Smith, and Katrin David's daughter, who all underperformed, and Amanda Barnhart, who did um, what I'm going to say is about what I expected her to do. So none of them exceeded expectations this year. And that's why there are questions, you know, some of them, I think, even the comments today, but I've gotten a lot on Instagram about what's going on with Bergeron's group. How come they're not doing as well at the games as they usually do? I don't like that talk. <laughs> okay. Do you like that talk? Um, like people blame whole camps. Well, I think that there's a, in general, there's just a, a big question mark this year about, and we've briefly talked about it, about is this training camp method effective for producing the best results at the CrossFit games based on this year? The answer is obviously no, but it's also the first year that a lot of those camps have been in existence. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity for them to improve on how they're running those camps over a a total time of a year or, you know, leading into next year's games and that that might change next year. Look at Rich's camp. Look at the, look at the mayhem empire. Bunch of athletes shit the bed. Bunch of athletes dominated. You're talking about from Rich's camp specifically? Some did well, some did not? Yeah, the Mayhem Empire, yeah. Okay. Who uh, who shit the bed? Uh, Samuel. Well, he was literally shitting the bed, I think. He was... Right, right, literally. You know, he uh, had one of the most impressive performances of the entire weekend on event two. And I was like, oh shit, maybe this guy's as good as he says he is. And then he basically was a shell of himself... At, like two events later and the rest of the competition as he's, he claimed he was very sick. Yeah. He drank the water in the lake. I think something's wrong with that lake. I, that's just a rumor, but I think something's wrong with the lake. Um, uh, ro- ro- uh, Haley Adams didn't perform up to expectations, right? By, by two spots. Okay. Okay. I'll be and, wrong on both those. I'll be wrong on both those. And, um, but, but, but you guys are just helping my argument. I'm about to pivot. Uh, ro- ro- Royce, Royce Dunn. Exceeded expectations, and we already talked about Bailey Rail exceeded expectations. Aha. Uh, uh-huh. So camps are good. That's my point. So mm. Mm, go home. So none of, those, none of those people, Corn YA, Bailey Rail, or Royce Dunn, live and train with Rich all year round. Okay. They come to the camp two weeks or three weeks before the games um, and start tra- and, and start training there. I think that that is the more effective method is to do a majority of your training all year long on your own or in your own setting. And then to have a, maybe a more focused games prep with a couple other competitive athletes leading into the games. And that's what Bergeron has done in the past. They've had that uh, Cape Cod camp thing where the people would come in for a couple of weeks at a time and train instead of having Samuel Quant and Amanda Barnhart and everyone move to new England and spend the whole season there. With Catherine. Oh, that's a catchy Cape Cod camp. Cape Cod camp. Camp Cape Cod. I would go with Camp Cape Cod. That's catchy. Uh, Yana, Yana, Yana Koski. I, I, he's probably going to hate me for saying this, but I thought he did fucking amazing. He probably wanted to win, but man, I thought he looked amazing. I had actually, <laughs> I'd had him ranked even higher. I had him ranked seventh, even ahead of Maderos, I think in my original rankings, but I just had a feeling he wasn't a hundred percent. He is having like a ton of tape on his shoulders and all his videos leading into the games. So I dropped him down to 10th. Um, I think he was phenomenal. I'm with you. I was very impressed, but he's a great athlete. I think he's got finishes of sixth, seventh, eighth and 10th in his career in the games that he hasn't had to withdraw. That's incredibly impressive resume. Uh, I have him inside the top 20 all time on men's, the fittest men 
to ever compete at the CrossFit Games for a reason. When he's able to finish the whole test, he's very, very good. And he was very good this weekend again. James and Austin should start a camp in Boston. Dave Honeycutt. Thanks, Dave. I don't live in Boston anymore, though. <laughs> hey, those are just that's that's you're not. Come on, James. Those are just details. OK, James. And how about uh, let me reread it. This is what Dave Honeycutt meant. Sorry, I fucked it up. James and Austin should start a camp. How's that? Now respond. That's better. Austin, no, Austin's the enemy. He uh, he ages up next year. Uh, I'm trying to convince him to do masters. So the enemy. Yeah. The frenemy. Uh uh number uh Samuel Cornwyer. We should have him on again because I say his name so well. I mean, we already talked about him. It 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 does seem like he was sick. Uh, relatively early on in the competition. So I don't think we got to see the full capacity that he has to offer. Um, and that just isn't, that's unfortunate, but that's how it goes sometimes. And I bet you he's going to be better next year. It feels that way. It feels like he has the potential to be. Yeah. Uh, number 12. What, I mean, this is a, just a brilliant pick on your part. This is another reason why you probably keep your job for another year. Lazar Jukic. I don't know how the hell you picked him. But man, what a stud! Lazar, I mean, I knew it was. I knew he had the potential to do well at a high level competition because he's done it before at Dubai. But um, I think that I mean, getting to talk to him when we did like that was one of the most refreshing parts of the week. Those guys are are very fun, but they're also very very good. And uh, he, in particular, stood out to me on. Um, on a lot of events that I think are pretty like pretty tough events. And I was like, Ooh, I got to see if he can hang here. I got to see if he can hang here. And he was still putting together top 10 performances, a couple top fives, a first and a second on back-to-back events. I think he has a lot of the kind of in un- untangible skills, the running and the swimming, but even like the capacity to, um, what was this workout? He's really struggled on event 13. So like getting under the heavy yoke, I think was, was, that was, I think, event 18 was a yoke, wasn't it? 13? 13, yeah. Yeah, yoke. So he struggled with the yoke. Um, and so maybe he can stand to, like, to me, that just telling me that he can, if he maybe just builds up the midline a little bit more this year, that this ninth place finish can actually maybe be even a lot better than that. Um, uh, Ryan, how much, how much more of your time do we have? Okay, oh, that's perfect. That's the awesome answer. Uh, number thirteen, a Saxon Panchik. Yeah, so I mean, that's an, another one that I'm. I would say I missed on here. Um, he finished fifth, and it was incredibly impressive. And I think that people should be concerned about him as a as a threat going forward. He seems to have all the tools. He's got. In, he's a great lifter. He's got great midline stability. Um, he's he's. He can, you know, he lacks a little bit of power relative to some of the bigger guys, but that's only going to come out in one or two events. I think that one of his worst finishes was in that, uh, was it that biking event? Event nine, yeah, 29th place, the biking power snatch. Um, so he can work on his maybe um, like power output on machines type stuff to, to even improve a little bit more. That was one, when I worked out next to uh, Matt Fraser at the Granite Games. That was something I was really blown away with was how powerful he was on the machines. So I think that Saxon can stand to put in a little bit of work there, and it's not unprecedented for a guy of that size to be able to hang with some of the bigger guys on the Echo Bike or the Row or whatever. 
um, especially in shorter time domains. But overall, incredibly impressive season for him. A winner of a semifinal, fifth place at the CrossFit Games. All the credit to him, and I will not be underrating him in the future. Uh, Hobart, talk to me about increasing your your power output on the bike. I mean, I, I know the easy answer to say, I was going to ask you, is that possible? I know the easy answer is yes, but but I'm kind of a dummy. I don't want to believe that. I want to believe that that, like, that is really hard to, to do, especially in the shorter time domains. Um, no, I don't think it is. And I think um, this is one of the things I think might struggle with the training camps is that you get used to beating the same people on the same events. And therefore, you might not be tapping into some levels of fitness or intensity that you need to in order to get better at those things because you're just better at them with your surrounding training partners. So and I since- definitely, it's, it's Matt Fraser is a really good um, example of this. Like Matt got much better at rowing and on the bike. And when he would get on those events, especially for someone who's shorter, like bike rower, equal level of fitness typically is going to go the way of the bigger guy. I mean, Fikowski smashed that event nine, even though he has to move that barbell a further distance. So short answer, I definitely think it's something you can get better at. Um, unfortunately, it's just a really painful thing to get better at. <laughs> that just sucks. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever beat my 2K PR because the first time I did it, I was just, my body was so stupid. It, you know, But now I know what that pain is like, and it's so hard to go there. Mm. That's interesting. So if you're the best guy in the gym, hmm, that's interesting. That's very interesting that you say that about put, about if you're beating everyone in your camp. And not only that, you could take it one step further and you could know if you're going to do three workouts, you know which one you're going to win so you don't feel as bad for losing the other two. And I think it's really hard to self-regulate and be like, well, I know I'm good at this one, so I'm going to, you know, and I'm bad at the other two. So, but I'm going to go really hard at the other two because I want to get better. I think it's really hard to fight that temptation to not play to your strengths. It's so hard, especially when there's like, you know, when you win, your coach is like, great, you beat everybody. Nice job. Like you really need someone to be there and be like, Hey, that was, that was good, but you should try harder on the ones you suck at, even if it causes you to lose. Uh, I don't know if this is true. Bestie 007 said Saxon is with mayhem now. Is there truth to that? No idea. I also don't know. Hmm. Well, oh no, actually I do. He he he's coached by Facundo, and Facundo is taking over the programming for Mayhem athletes. So I guess via that route, yes. Wow. Well, then that's a yes. Wow, wow, wow! And 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 Scott was on the team one year, right? <clears throat> he was. So they have definitely have a relationship there. Wow, that's interesting. I wonder and if actually, he moved to Cookville. He's got uh, two kids. Now, I don't right? think he moved to Cookville because him and his brother own CrossFit Cliffside, and I think they're pretty happy that training there and living there. Jason Miller, Dave knows the lake is bad. One of his tests is adversity. He's a true taskmaster. That's why he's a SEAL trainer. All right, make them swim in a bowl of diarrhea and see who comes out <laughs> alive. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, number fourteen. Um, uh, uh, one more thing on Scott Pan- Saxon Panchik. Um, can he threat? Can he be a threat to Justin Medeiros? When I say him that I'm not going to underrate him in the future, and I was just was actually thinking about this, I still don't think I can like I can rank rank him ahead of any of the guys who beat him this year because they're so they've been so good for so long. So until I actually see him in a competition, beat Medeiros, beat Velner, beat Fakowski, beat BKG, 
I just have to have him in the tier right below that. Um, who? D- d- but do you think Vellner's a threat next year for Medeiros? Yes. A serious threat? Yes. Uh, number 14, Jeffrey Adler. Picked him 14th, finished 13th. I think that's about exactly where he, he falls relative to this field. Boss. Uh, number 15, Travis Mayer. Almost echo the same thing as uh, as with Jeff. I had him 15th. He finished 12th. Um, he was in 15th going into the final event. I knew that last event was going to be great for him, and I was going to have to do some burpees, which I did do, by the way, to, to pay my my dues to Travis. Um 12th is he's had some finishes around there in previous years at the games to still be doing it as he's getting older, as his family's getting bigger with the other things he has going on. He has a high level of commitment to being great in this sport. Um, and he's, uh, you know, like I said, he's not in the, that top tier, but he's in that next group of guys. He's flirting with the top 10 regularly over his career. Very impressive um, to be able to do that, uh, especially with everything else he has going on in his life that a lot of these athletes don't have. So, Good, good games week for Travis, but yeah, again, like Adler, just this is the kind of where he falls relative to these guys. Uh, I'll let you pick. I, I have two that I'd like to talk about. There's uh, obviously a bunch more. Um, anyone else you want to talk about in the men before I bring up the two random guys? <clears throat> Similarly to the uh, to the women, I just want to give the accolades to the to the other two guys. There's three guys that I really miss missed on here who did way better than I thought. We talked about Royce Dunn and we talked about earlier how I think there was actually a good balance in this test between strength and skills and Royce for a big guy has both of those things in a, in a really good kind of a balanced way. So, um, you know, I, I, I had picked him to make it out of the, uh, Torium pro and a lot of people that they were being critical of me for that, but he obviously showed his merit here at the games by finishing 16th and he was higher than that for a lot of the weekend. So excellent weekend for Royce Dunn. I'm very happy for him. Henry Kepalainen, um, didn't know much about him coming into the games, makes the final cut, finishes 18th. Curious to see if he can parlay this into future success in the sport or if he's going to be kind of a one-and-done type of guy. So definitely we'll be looking for him in the next year or two to see if he can have another good season and good run at the games. And then last is Guy Mayeros. Um, I mean, I, basically I had him ranked last. He ends up finishing seventh. He has three event wins in what I consider to be very specialist style events, 550 yard sprint. It's not going to show up every year at the games. And if it does, maybe it's one event. The next two events were, were lifting events or like a lifting and fat and short distance running event. So he's very good at short distance running and he's very good at Olympic lifting. Um, he was obviously good enough at the rest of the stuff to have an incredible performance, earned the seventh place, earned the rookie of the year. I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever have as good of as high a finish at the games again as he did this year. Um, and I think that a lot of people probably can get on me for that, but I will certainly not rank him this low going forward, but I don't know that I would rank him this high. And, and then a little bit of a, just putting things in perspective, no, no person, no male from South America has ever finished higher than like 33rd or 34th at the games prior to this season. So this I knew was a- it. I knew it. What? I knew it. So there's racists. Those are people who, I don't know what the word is. There's racists. Those are people like if like they judge you by the color of your skin, like they make, uh, I guess they, 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 I don't know, but, but they, they look at skin color. 
then there's ages. They look at like people's age, right? Like they they determine shit by people's age. They have preconceived presuppositions. Then there's sexists, and they judge people by like their capability based on their vagina and their cock and balls. And then I don't know what this one is, but it's what continent you're from. And Brian judges people from what continent they're from. He didn't Even, let me finish. He, he, okay, fine. Go ahead before, before I fucking accuse you. And by the way, can someone figure out what that word is? That's that's probably a great word. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry, finish. Um, you were talking so, about him being from South America, and I knew so it. We've been, knew it. So we've been waiting for someone who's not from Europe or North America, and it could be Asia or, or, or I should say, or Australia. It could be Oceania. Someone from Asia or Africa or South America to break through and have a top 10 type performance at the CrossFit Games. And we thought we might get it with Roman Krennikov, but he's never been able to come. Jason Smith has been kind of the flag bearer for um, South, South for Africa, but he hasn't had a performance this good. And now we have Guimaeros, who is, you know, basically saying like South America is now on the radar in terms of having a high level competitive CrossFitter in the men's field. Um, and so, you know, if he's able to have, uh, another year like this next year, then I will take serious note of this guy as someone who can challenge some of the top men in the sport. And will that change your whole perception of South America and you'll stop being a continentist, a continentist? No, I mean, I think that James can, can acknowledge this too. It's like, Savon, do you need another coffee or something? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like there's, there is uh, such a thing as, as training age and you just can't make up for it in a short amount of time in some, in, in certain ways. And so the sport is rel- is newer in those parts of the world than it is in the aforementioned parts. And, and I, it's only a matter of time between the men and the women there get, get good enough to be relevant at the top. And maybe we're starting to turn that corner. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm a continentist too. I don't think anyone from Africa or South America is going to win the games for a long time. But I do think that Guy's going to do extremely well next year. He's so young. Jason Smith, we got to get him on the podcast. And this guy on YouTube is right. Jason did have a, a 10th place finish at the games. Yep. Uh, who, Jason Smith did? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Where I don't see his name on there. Where? Where? How did I miss him? Event 2. I think. No, I don't see his name on this list, oh, Brian. Thirtieth slash twenty sixth. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you about. Oh, I wanted to say something. So, uh, someone up here said, "Why do you guys have a hard on for Travis Mayer? Why does everyone have a hard on for Travis Mayer?" The Why problem not? is, no one has a hard on for Travis Mayer. That's the point, Bug. He's so freaking good. He's such a staple in the community, and. Uh, and he does, and he, and the events that he does well on, you don't want to get me started. I, I've talked about it in other podcasts. It's fucking insane. He won an event and they didn't put the camera on him once during the event. Once. Think about that. Some of the broadcast was like, imagine if you were watching a football game and the quarterback threw the ball and they didn't show you where the ball went and they just kept the, the camera on the quarterback. And then the commentators didn't even tell you it was an interception run back for a touchdown. That's how the fucking broadcast was, and Travis Mayer paid the price for it. So those of us, it, 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 and it, it's constant. It was like that in the semifinals. It's always like that with them. You have a super soft spot for parent athletes, though. True. Yeah, I, I'm biased. I'm biased. Hundred percent. Totally biased. Just a couple, couple of ones I saw in the comments. I, sh- I should give a shout out to Andre Houdet. Also, he had a great, 
great uh, games. He finished 15th. I project yep. him 24th. So he should be included in that group for a commendable and excellent performance with a bright future, I think. And then someone was asking about Wildis Upanex. I ranked him 31st. He finished 25th. Um, Wildis has a lot of potential. Uh, he just needs to, you know, he needs to get a little bit more well-rounded. He's very good at all the stuff that it takes to get to the games, I think. But then when when he gets there, he gets exposed a little bit on certain implements. So uh, tremendous. I've always been a huge Wildis Upanex fan. I've been paying attention to him for a few years. And, uh, you know, he's just... He's just missing the, the, that like well-roundedness that you need to be in the top half of the field at the games. All righty, guys. I have a bunch of questions, but we've been doing this long enough. James Hobart, thanks for coming on. I've never seen you say, take so many deep breaths. I hope I didn't get you too wild up. I hope it wasn't my two cups of Good Dudes coffee. No, it was great. Ryan, thanks for running the YouTube. You killed it. Ryan, oh, sorry. Uh, one quick little bit detail to take care of. James, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, shall we keep Brian a thumbs up as we keep Brian for next year to do the mail? Um, what's it called? Nostradamus stuff to predict the mails and a thumbs down as we don't one, two, three. Wow. In sync. Wow. Bring him feels back. Like, feels like Gladiator. It's very wow. nervous. That's how I wanted you to feel. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we have an exciting week coming up ahead. Don't miss Monday, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Jason Witt, if you want to watch his last fight with the UFC, it was uh, two weeks ago. It's an incredible, incredible fight. I don't want to tell you who won, but it is a bloodbath. Um, he'll be our guest on Monday. Um and like I said, I think we have uh, Rich, Sarah, and the great Bjorgen, Bjorg, Bjorgvin, Carl Goodmanson also uh, lined up. Wait, we need Brian to tell us how to play two-person Catan. Heidi, if you Heidi, I'll, to... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll reach out to you on Instagram, Heidi. Nope. Heidi, don't. Heidi, Heidi, don't. Brian also has a solitary Catan rule sheets, too, so just in case. <laughs> that's, the way, that's how I make sure I always win. <laughs> 